Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Carter. I am your host, the one and only Carter Reese. That is me. I am so happy to have you guys today, and let me just talk to you for a little bit, okay? I'm going to give you a little life update and just, you know, spread some joy. Here's the thing. We are not rich people, but like we're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So tonight, you know, we're in Redding, California. I'm actually coming to you live. I mean, it's not live because you're not hearing it as I'm saying it, but it's like pretty live because it goes up right after I'm done. Um, anyway, we're in Redding, California. I am sitting in the parking lot of our hotel in my truck. So you might hear some noises, but the way I talk, I talk too fast. So I can't necessarily cut out every noise. You might hear a car alarm. You might hear some child running down the freaking parking lot like a psychopath. You you know, I don't even know what to tell you. It's just, it is what it is. You got to roll with the punches. Okay. But let me tell you something. We're not rich people. Like I said, tonight we went ahead and got dinner from this place called Mosaic, like a fucking painting. Okay. Like, I'm so sorry. You did not have to flex. And First of all, the restaurant is beautiful. Second, they allow pets. And that is so on trend for what I'm about to talk to y'all about tonight. It's pets, okay? Not just having pets, but traveling with pets, finding homes for pets. Like, you know, just all all the little details that you don't really think about when you don't have a pet. I'm going to tell you about them. Anyway, it was the cutest freaking restaurant ever. And I wish COVID wasn't going on right now because I would have loved to like sit down and had dinner there. Um, they have a very beautiful patio. It's in Redding, California. And I think that you can see like the Sundial Bridge. I think that's one of like the main attractions for the city. Anyway, it's nice. Okay, so we called in our order. I didn't even realize the price because Ian was reading me the menu while I was driving. We call in the order. I ordered Brussels sprout appetizers. I had a chicken plate. He had a really nice freaking burger. It was delicious. And then we got the panna cotta dessert. Okay. And then when I was in there, I was like feeling myself. I was like, hmm. Ring me up for two cocktails, too. Cool. I don't know who I thought I was. And the best freaking part, like, let me explain this to you, how much this just warmed my soul. They have a doggy menu. This is a nice restaurant, y'all. You would assume that they don't allow dogs. They had a doggy menu. Granted, they had two options and then a dessert. Um, And it was like a chicken option and a beef option that had like sweet potatoes and peas and like a whole bunch of stuff. And then... On top of that, it was $5, and it's a decent amount of food. They bring it out in a cute little dog bowl for your dog. And I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way. That is so freaking cute. So I also added that to my order, and it was to go. Grand total with tip, we spent $120. Now, that's not something we do on a regular basis, okay? It's not an everyday occurrence. It's a, Every time we go on a vacation, though, we do go out like once during that time, and we typically go to a nice restaurant. And so for us, we just got all that stuff and took it back to our room, and we ate it. And, you know, the cocktails were different. They weren't our fave, but they were fine. They were cute colors, and it was just a nice little experience, right? But that really... That whole experience for me has been positive. The fact that they not only allow dogs, but they go the extra mile to give the dogs something too, to make the dogs have a good experience as well. And I think that is just so key. Now, today I want to talk to you guys about traveling with your pets. Now, I have traveled with two kittens from the birth to there were about six months. And I am now traveling with a dog who is 65 pounds at least. She's not a small dog by any means. She's very big and she's also, she barks sometimes. Okay. It is what it is. So we're going to take a little bit of a rewind. Okay. And I'm going to talk to you about traveling with cats, but primarily traveling with dogs, just because I feel like most people are going to travel with their dogs. Now, about a year and a half ago, we were in Texas. We were staying with someone I consider family. Her name's Carla and her cat had kittens. She got sick. We, she couldn't nurse the kittens, so we ended up nursing the litter of five. One was a stillborn, so there was only five. And then by week two of their age, three of them had died, so there was only two left. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen these cats. They're Yeti and Tuna. They have their own Instagram. I'm not very active on it, but it is cute. Um, their names are Yeti and Tuna. Yeti's a white cat. Tuna's the other one, like the tabby-colored one. So if you go and look, that's what they are. Um They are very sweet, okay, and I got used to traveling with them just because we traveled and they didn't really have a choice. Now, they were on a plane at two months old. 
They slept in their carrier under the seat, not in the cargo. They were in the cabin with us. And they've been in a car since they were about six weeks old. So they actually love the car. Most cats hate the car, but they kind of just lay down, get comfortable, and go to sleep. They love it. Um, Yeti will ride on the dash and, like, go under the seats. and, And Tuna likes to go under the seats or sit by the door. So... They really love it. They're not really cat-like in many ways. Um, now they are back in Fresno, California with my parents. Um, they stay with my parents. They go in and out. There's no litter box there. So that's something that I really wanted for them. And in addition to that, my dog is aging. And so I've made the transition to traveling with her instead of the cats now. But traveling with cats and dogs are completely different. With the cats, since we were in a hotel room and they couldn't go in and out, we had to have a litter box. I personally used natural litter. I do not like clay litter. It actually gives me a bad reaction. My nose is super runny. Clay litter and me are not friends. So I used a lot of natural litters. I have some recommendations if you are interested in that. If you're looking for some natural alternatives for cat litter, definitely DM me on Instagram and I can let you know like my thoughts on each brand because I've used about I can't even count, but I've used a lot of brands. I was on a thing where about once a month I would get a new brand of cat litter, and that's how I would figure out which one I liked. I ended up sticking with one, so if you just want one recommendation, I would go with the world's best cat litter. They have many different scents, and their formula was really good. Um, If you're not interested in that form of cat litter, I do have other recommendations. Just go ahead and DM me if you are wanting to ask specific questions. So, in addition to cat litter, they have their cat food. They have their cat toys. For me, my cats had to have a scratching post just because I did not want them to scratch any of the furniture in the hotel rooms. And the one night we didn't have the cat post because we gave it to another friend that had a cat who had just found a kitten. Um, they tried to scratch the bed and I had to like kick them. <laughs> so, so we have to have a scratching post. Now, if you're looking for an inexpensive scratching post, I always bought mine from TJ Maxx or Home Goods. And they usually have this one brand, I can't think of it, but it's a two-piece. So the bottom circular part and the actual post unscrew and so it's easy for storage and travel um that was something that worked for them until pretty much we got back to fresno so until they were about eight or nine months old that worked for them now it would probably be a little bit too short just because they're so long um but it was usually eight to twelve dollars depending on what store you went to and in what city you were in um i really enjoyed those i thought it was just really efficient and it saves you a lot of stress And money in the long run. Because here's the thing. You want to travel with your animals, but you don't want them messing up hotel furniture, carpet, anything like that. So for traveling with cats, a scratching post is key. So they're not scratching up the carpet and other furniture. Okay? Now... In addition to that, they had a lot of toys. They were kittens, and so they really needed a lot of stimulation and playtime, and so I had a lot of toys for them. I also had a cooling pad, so it was like this almost like silicone jelly-type filled pad. You can find them on Chewy.com. Just type um, cooling pad. I'll link it in the show notes for you in case you have a cat or a dog that you travel with that's smaller. Um, It was a cooling pad that you – it was activated by body weight, so like – if I, I would just put it in the back seat because we had leather seats in the cross track. So I put it in the back seat when we first got in the car, turn on the AC, and then I'd put the cats in. And so they could just go lay on that whenever they wanted a cooling sensation if it just wasn't getting, if they were laying maybe under the seat and it was a little hotter. So I always kept that. I also had cat harnesses um, just because we traveled a lot. I wanted them to be okay on the leash. They're decent, but not perfect. And I also had like... um rope leads so like those cable leads that are like 30 feet I had those for them so they can just kind of play in the grass and not have to be on a leash leash um so I did have a lot of extra things but I really wanted them to grow up fulfilled and not like just in a car or in the hotel room I wanted them to experience the outdoors because I knew in the long run they would be indoor outdoor cats now I also had a litter genie now here's the thing it's not It's like $20, I think. But when you have a small hotel room and you have a cat box, having the litter genie was key because you just throw the litter in there and close it and the smells are gone. Now, we did go through a lot of the litter genie refill bags because we had two cats. So it's not like you have to buy them. And I think the replacements, you can get them at Walmart, a pack of two for like $12. So it really is worth it to minimize the smell of, you know, your cat's pee and poo and stuff like that. So... 
those are just like the basic things that I always had when traveling with my cats. Um, a lot of those things I would recommend, even if you don't travel with your cats, just to have it for them. Like say you live in an apartment, but you want to get your cat used to being outside just for their benefit. Maybe they always want to look out and go out the window. That's something you can do. The cable lead and the cat harnesses are key. Um, now traveling with a dog is completely different. The cats also didn't have a bed. I had bought them a bed, but they just never slept in it. They always slept in their carrier or on our bed or on the floor or on a table or something. They didn't really sleep in their little bed, so I got rid of it. But that's not the case for Dakota. So now we're going to talk about traveling with the dog. Dakota is a 65-pound blackmouth cur. She's 65 pounds at least. Sometimes she's a little heavier or a little lighter. Um, She's pretty long and she's not very tall, but she has to have a bed and her bed is three by four feet. Now, I know that's kind of big, but she sprawls out. So we travel with her bed and it's a thick memory foam bed. It's probably eight inches tall. When we're not in a hotel room or in the house, it sits in the backseat of my truck. So my truck has um, a seat that lifts and then it has the two seats that lift. So we always lift the single one and lay her bed down there and smush it in as much as we can. And that's where she'll sleep when we're doing long drives that are more than four hours. She'll sleep down there. So first and foremost, she has to have a bed, right? That's just common sense unless you want your dog sleeping on the ground or on the bed with you. They need a bed. Now, we also have a big container. I have a 17-gallon Home Depot brand container. It's a heavy-duty one, and I put all of her stuff in there. So she has wet canned food. She has supplements, pumpkin. I put um, some microfiber towels in there. All of her toys go in there. Basically everything that she needs goes in there. My dog is also seven years old, so she has a lot of supplements, which I can break that down for you guys. If you're interested, let me know. I can really go into what my dog eats. She has a lot of supplements, and she has a lot of extras that I put in her food to get her to be more interested in food because she's also very picky. She's been incredibly picky since she was a baby, and it has not changed. It's only gotten worse <laughs> as she's aging. So we have a lot of things that we put in her food just to make sure she's getting the proper nutrients. My dog doesn't really eat two big meals a day. She grazes through the day and then eats a very big dinner. Now that works for her. It might not work for your dog. So a lot of the things in her container are food related. She also has greenies which are like these dental treats I used to give her the pedigree dental treats but I felt like she chewed through those too quickly and I read that the greenies take a little bit longer for them to chew through so I got those and she likes them she likes the mint flavored everything and so those are in there now I don't like to buy singular things I love going to Costco and getting her Cusiquin um, because you can get like 390 tablets for the price of 120 at a pet store. So I definitely like to stock up on things. I have an entire box of poop bags in there. I have maybe 20 microfiber towels for when she gets wet or when we get wet. It's just really convenient because I realized from going to the dog wash that the microfiber towels do a lot better of a job drying your animals. So I bought some of those. She also has a mud buster for her paws if she steps in mud or something. I typically don't care if she gets the back seat dirty just because that's kind of her area and there's her fur is everywhere anyway. So I don't really care if she gets the seats dirty. But if she is going to step in like mud or maybe she steps in poop or something, I like to have the mud buster with me just because I can clean her really quick, then dry it off and put her in the car. We also have all of her toys. Now that we've started to travel with her alone, you also have to realize she's never really been a single dog. Like we've always had multiple animals in our household and she's never really had a chance to just be the only dog. And we have kind of decided to let her be the only dog for a few years or until she passes away. Um, so we never, I really never bought her toys. She likes Frisbees and tennis balls, but I never really bought her like plush toys just because she'd either tear, tear through them too quickly or she wouldn't play with them because the other dogs would play with them or even worse she'd bury them so it was pointless to spend like ten dollars on a stuffed animal but now that we're traveling alone I realize she enjoys playing with toys so we went to PetSmart yesterday I don't know if every PetSmart is doing this but we went to PetSmart and they had humongous stuffed toys that were normally like 12 13 dollars for 255 dollars they had a bunch of stuff on sale so all of her toys go in there she has quite a few of them now 
I also put her dog wipes in there. So we have these little dog wipes in case she gets like, I don't know, mud on her face or if she just has like some extra dirt or something that I just want to get off or, you know, dogs are weird. Sometimes she rolls in the grass and one time she rolled in poop. So, you know, you just got to be prepared. I also put um, her harness in there when it's not being used. It's basically just an a box for all of her stuff so that it stays organized. I have similar boxes for other things, which I can also go into in another episode about how we travel. But for her, she has her own box. And that's just a way for us to keep organized on where all her stuff is. So my dog also has two harnesses. She has a wild one harness that we use for walks in just everyday life. And then she has a rough wear harness that I use solely in the car. Now, the reason I have one in the car is that's a recent addition just because I realized we're going to be doing a lot of car travel with her. I want her to be safe. So I have a car seat belt for her that latches on to like, I think it's like the car seat hooks that are in cars. We latch it onto there and then it clicks on her harness. So I wanted to get her a padded, thick, heavy duty harness that I could use in the car and not have to worry about. So her rough wear harness typically stays in the car. Right now, it's kind of floating between the car and the hotel room just because it's she's usually wearing it when we get out and it's just easier to just get out of the car um, and walk through the parking lot with her harness. Also, sometimes I just leave the room or leave the house without grabbing a leash or a harness or anything because I'm just going to do like maybe a drive through run or a pickup order. So I just have her come with me. She hops in the car and I've realized she's not secure. So I wanted to have a specific car only harness that stays in here all the time. So if there's ever a time I do that, I can just buckle her in and we can go. So that is preference. But for me, I've realized how dangerous it is. We used to have a Subaru. Now we have an F-150. The cab of our F-150 is big. And so she can go from one window to another instantly. And I worry that if we're ever in a car accident, she can really just fall out the window. They're so big. So that is definitely why I wanted to go ahead and get her a seatbelt, especially with being in the car so much more. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. She did. She does have a jacket in her bin, which we do travel with just because when you're driving through different areas, the weather may be different. It may be raining somewhere. So she has like a down jacket that ha- that's fleece lined that we got from Target a couple years ago. I just travel with that just because you never know. You might drive through somewhere that's hot and then drive through somewhere that's raining and you got to let her out to pee. You don't want her to be soaking wet. So we travel with that just to be safe. And I can't really think of anything else that I'm leaving out. Um, We also have a lot of treats. So, you know, that's just a given. Now, as far as the logistics of traveling with a dog, I won't talk too much about traveling with a cat just because I feel like not a lot of people do that. But if you do have questions or some tips that you would like for traveling with your cats, definitely DM me on Instagram and I will let you know all of my feedback. Okay. All of it. But traveling with a dog is tricky. Um, We are currently at a hotel that is pet friendly. Like there's a lot of dogs here. I just saw a poodle. There's a shepherd. There's a couple of like huskies. A lot of people have pets here. Now I should take a picture of this and put it on my Instagram for you guys because what they call pet friendly is not what I consider pet friendly. There's nowhere for them to use the bathroom really. So we were looking around and we couldn't find anywhere for her to go to the bathroom. And so we were just walking her in the rocks, hoping that she would pee and poop. Now my dog is a strict grass bathroom goer. She does not like to poop on anything that's not grass. Sometimes she'll use the bathroom in wood chips, but she really just likes grass. Like that's just how she's been trained. She doesn't know that she can use the bathroom in other areas. So we, you know, I called the hotel room a couple nights ago and I was like, you know, where is there that we can take them to use the bathroom? Because like, where's the closest grassy area? Because we don't have to want to have to walk like a mile to go to a park so she could use the bathroom. We just want to kind of go around and let her use the bathroom. Well, the guy tells me, oh, well, we have a strip of turf. I'm like, oh, where? So he kind of explains it to us. We're looking for it. We walked past it, didn't even realize it was there. And so I saw him and I asked him and he was like, oh, it's right there. And we go. And y'all, I'm not kidding. It's like a seven foot by two feet strip of turf. Not even grass. It's like fake turf. And then they have like, you know, those parking like barricades that people will put in parking lots, like those little ones that look like cinder blocks that are on the ground. It has two of those keeping the damn turf down. Like, I'm so sorry. I do not understand how you can call yourself pet friendly and not actually have anywhere for your pets. 
that are going to stay there. Like it just feels backwards to me. In my opinion, they should really just take away two of those parking stalls and add more turf. Like having turf is fine. It works, but it's not ideal. But like take two of those parking spots and make it a bigger area for your dogs, especially considering how many dogs actually stay at your hotel. It just feels a little bit dumb. Okay. There's no other way to put it. I love the hotel though. The rooms are modern, very clean, spacious, really nice bathroom, really big shower, very spacious. They have a lot of eating air, like um, sitting areas outside. They have a little courtyard. It's very nice, but there's like no freaking grass except that little strip of turf. I don't understand how that is considered pet friendly and it bothers me. Had we known that, I would not be staying here because that's dumb. It just doesn't make any sense. So with that, I started thinking about how places say they're pet friendly and how people are encouraged to bring their pets. And I realized apartments do the same sort of situation where they like do a flipperoo on you. Okay, let me explain. Maybe this is just because I'm a pet owner, but I am not a fan of pet rents, and I'll tell you why. But before I do that, I want to give you guys a couple of tricks and tips, not tricks, because it's not like you're faking somebody, but just some tips on how to stay in hotels. So something you need to do is always read reviews from pet owners. I always look at hotels, and I try to find ones that are pet friendly. It doesn't really matter, because my dog is not technically a pet. She's my ESA. Um, She's an emotional support animal. I have a letter from my therapist. That says I should have her. I mean, I've had her whole life, but I haven't needed an ESA until recently. And so that's what she is for me. Now, I don't necessarily use that benefit all the time. Like I've gotten I've gone to hotels and just paid the pet fee. I've same thing with the cats. Like I've paid the pet fee. I just haven't really utilized having that benefit. I will only utilize that benefit when I really need it. Like if there's just no pet friendly hotels that I can find and there's just I really need to stay somewhere, I will use that benefit. But most of the time I try to find pet friendly places um, and I don't really use that benefit. So um, it's just important for me to have her and have her in a place where one, she's welcomed and there's going to be amenities for her, which is why I'm so disappointed that there's really no grass area at this hotel. Um, and I did read some reviews from pet owners who said it was great. They had no problems. Their dog was welcomed, blah, blah, blah. And so for a lot of people, it might not be a big deal, but my dog is not small by any means. So when she goes to squat down to pee, she takes up the entire width of that little turf thing. It's like, and you can only really have one dog over there at a time, which is so annoying to me. So anyway, I just wanted to say when you're looking for a hotel, call ahead. If you're not sure, if you're seeing mixed information, call ahead, ask them. Some hotels will have a wait limit. Some hotels will have additional fees. Most hotels will have a deposit. Um, And if it's a super pet friendly place, some might not even have a deposit. Uh, But just make sure you're clear on whether or not those fees are fees or deposits because deposits you get back. Fees are one-time charges that you do not receive back. So, Moving on. I think that's all I can really tell you about hotel living with pets. Um, I have been on the second floor, actually even the third floor, and now we're on the first floor with a dog, and I haven't really had complaints from people below me. I feel like if you're going to a place that's pet friendly, there might be a pet below or above you or next to you, and you just kind of have to deal with it. So moving on. I want to talk about apartment living. Lately, uh, so this is a part of my life update update. I just got a job offer for Santa Cruz and I will be managing an apartment complex. And so, you know, I've been applying for a lot of jobs and looking for a lot of apartments because I wasn't sure if I would be living on site somewhere or having to rent my own space. Um, And I ran into a lot of things about dogs. And again, I do have an ESA letter, so she doesn't really apply to a lot of the things I'm going to talk about with you guys. But most people every day do not have ESAs. They have pets and they have multiple pets. So I want to talk to you about apartment hunting. Now, California kind of sucks sometimes, but at the same time, they are very tenant specific in the way that they really have a lot of protections for tenants. And so it's pretty easy to find places that aren't very discriminatory. But when we talk about pets, I feel like people are very, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but they almost take advantage of pet owners. Now, I do not agree with pet rents at all. I will pay a pet rent under specific circumstances. Um, I just think it's kind of stupid. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. So when looking for apartments, I find a lot of places and I called a lot of places that have a deposit for pets, which that makes sense to me because you would pay a deposit as a person living somewhere. And so you pay an additional deposit for your pet. I get that. I don't mind that because if your animal is not destructive, 
you're not going to have to worry about that deposit. You'll get that back. What I don't agree with are pet rents. Now, I did find a place up in Sacramento that I actually really love and I kind of wish we could live there, but I don't have a job offer there, so we're not going there. You know what I mean? But it was a really nice place. Okay, they had, first of all, a lot of recreational area for the humans, but they also had a huge dog park. I want to say it was at least 200 square feet of just grass with like these little obstacle courses. It was fenced. Um, it was just really cute. And then in addition to that, they had a dog wash. So if you've never been to a dog wash, it's basically this building that has a bunch of bathtubs and they provide shampoo and all that stuff. And you can wash your dogs there rather than doing it at your home. I go to a dog wash in Fresno, but this apartment complex had a dog wash. They had two ban, um, two basins, and then they had like a little table where you could put small dogs to groom them. They don't provide all of the towels and stuff like that, but they provided the facility, which I thought that was awesome. They also have a high-class gym. They had a little workout area for your dogs too. They, it was just really nice, and dogs were allowed to be off-leash in some of the grass areas. And I just thought that is so inviting. You could also bring your dogs into the to the community areas. So if you wanted to go into the community pool, you can leave your dog in one of the little run areas and then go swimming. It was a very nice, inclusive apartment. They had a deposit. They required a pet deposit and they did require a pet rent per pet. Now, a pet rent is monthly, just like your rent. And it can range anywhere from $25 up to $300 I've seen. I'm sure there could be more, but the highest I've ever seen is $300. Now this apartment complex that I'm talking about in Sacramento, I think their pet rent for a dog was like 50 bucks a month. But to me, that seems reasonable because you're providing all of these free amenities for the dog. What I don't understand is why I would pay $50 for a dog and I have no dog amenities. You know what I mean? That's what I don't understand. I have no problem paying a pet rent when there are amenities for a dog, just like you would have amenities as a human being living there paying rent. Now, what I don't like about it is they do not require additional deposit or additional rents for children. And I am so sorry. I have worked in the apartment industry and children make the biggest messes. They color on the walls. They spit up on the carpet. They pee and poo wherever they freaking want to. They make the biggest mess. And people with cats sometimes let their cats spray on things. So I do understand additional deposits for animals, but I don't understand rents. Now, some of you may think I'm crazy for comparing pets to children, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, they are charging these deposits and these rents to hopefully prevent you making a mess leaving their property destroyed, leaving the apartments ruined. But what I've seen as a professional in this industry, our children make the biggest messes. They ruin walls, carpets, etc. They tear off blinds, you know, and most people who have animals have pretty much well-behaved animals for the most part. I have seen some apartments destroyed by animals. But the reason I'm upset about this is because in the eyes of the law, requiring an additional deposit or additional rent per person is considered illegal, but it's okay to do that per animal. When there are no amenities, that's what bothers me the most, is when an apartment complex charges a pet rent with no amenities. Here's the thing. It may be somewhat first class for me to suggest this, but if you are looking for an apartment or a place to stay that is charging you crazy pet deposits and pet rents with no pet amenities, they do not want you there. Okay, they do not want your animals there. They're only doing that because people have animals in that area. There are a lot of places that offer pet friendly units, but they don't really want pets there. A lot of owners don't like having pets because of the problems they leave behind. So if you're going to pay a pet rent, make sure that there are amenities for your animal, at least grassy areas or at least an area that's fenced for your animal. Don't pay a pet rent for no reason. And that may be very first class, like I said, but at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable there. And if your pet's not comfortable, you're not going to be comfortable, okay? It's going to be a hassle for you to have to get in your car, drive to a park rather than just walk out your door, maybe walk a couple of feet or something to a grassy area. I feel like people really need to take more care in where they live and how they live for the benefit of their pets. Now, for me, having my dog is number one. If I can't have her, I'm not going. She goes with me. Because she travels with me. When I had my cats with me, if my cats aren't welcomed, I'm not going. It is what it is. 
I that's just how I am. So you may not be that way, but I strongly encourage you to do your research, okay? There are plenty of dog lovers and places that allow dogs, encourage dogs, love dogs. Like this freaking restaurant I just told you about, Mosaic. They go the extra mile to make sure that you are happy and your pup is happy, okay? And and dog owners, cat owners, just animal lovers in general, well, I like how I said animal lovers instead of owners, but animal lovers truly, they typically want the best for their animals. And so if you're listening to this and you have a dog, cat, fish, whatever, they definitely play a role into your decision making. I'm not one of those people who will have a dog and then get rid of my dog because I can't go to a certain apartment with them. That's not me. That's not my style. If my dog's not welcomed in an apartment complex, I will find another apartment complex. Like, I don't understand that. But a lot of people will get rid of the dog so that they can live in a specific house or a specific apartment. And that's just not my jam. I don't, I mean, I can't even say that I'm not judging you for it because I am. Like, you just shouldn't have gotten a dog to begin with if you were so easily capable and willing to give them up because you want to live in a certain apartment. That's just dumb to me, especially considering the world we live in today and how many options are available for pet lovers and pet owners. So, you know, I can't even say I'm not judging you because again, I am. So when you are looking for apartments or houses even or a hotel room, I'm not going to tell you to lie to people because that's not what I do. But you don't need to tell them every time your dog did something bad. Like, they don't need to know that your dog had an accident in the house. They don't need to know that your dog doesn't get along with cats. Like, they don't need to know every negative part of your animal. And the reason I say that is because I have had many conversations with people who want to tell me every little thing about their dog and every little thing they've done bad. Like, I had a lady one time call me, and she was like, Hi, I see that you guys take pets. I was looking for a one-bedroom, blah, blah, blah. We have a conversation. I asked her about her dog. The reason I asked her about her dog is because there's breed restrictions, which I'll also get to. Um, I asked her about her dog. She answered some questions, and then I was like, Okay, cool. That's good to know. Um, I do have some units available that I can show you. When were you wanting to come? And we set up a date and I was like, are you going to bring your dog? And she was like, because, you know, some people bring their dogs. And I was like, and she was like, no, I'm not going to bring my dog because my dog doesn't get along with people. And then I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And then she went and started saying, yeah, she tried to bite some lady at the dog park. And and she just started, she's like, I like, I don't want to know this. She also told me that her dog poops on concrete sometimes. And so she doesn't want her to do that on the tour. And I'm just like, okay, first of all not a problem. It's annoying. It's weird. It's not, I'm, I'm not a fan, but like, I don't care. Like, that's not a big deal for me. Just as long as you clean up after your dog and your dog's not biting people on the property, we don't care, you know? And it's so crazy to me that people feel the need to just blabber about everything that their dog does wrong and good. And so I'm telling you right now, when you are looking for an apartment, hotel, whatever, do not do that because they don't know your dog. They don't love your dog like you do. They don't love your animal like you do. And all they're going to remember is the negative shit you just told them. Like, do not do it. It is a waste of time and it could potentially ruin a good opportunity for you. So just don't do that. First of all, it's just dumb. Okay, just don't do it. I know it sounds crazy, but it's just dumb. Don't do it. Second, it's not important. Okay, if your dog meets all the qualifications and they are allowed to be somewhere, do not add any more information than that. Leave it at that and move on. Okay, So that's kind of random, but I bet you some of you do that and don't even realize you do it. Like when you're at the dog park and someone compliments your dog, you're like, yeah, but she pees everywhere. You know what I mean? Like not like that, but you know what I mean? Um, It's just, just don't do that. Just let it go. You know, be simple, be short and simple and sweet and it'll help you in the long run. Now talking about breed restrictions, I hate breed restrictions. Okay. Because typically the dogs that are on that are pit bulls, Rottweilers. Um, Some places don't allow shepherds huskies. That is crazy to me. And if you realize all of the dogs on those lists are big dogs. And I don't like that because I'm a big dog girl. I love big dogs. And every negative experience I've had with a dog has been a chihuahua. Okay. There was a freaking chihuahua that tried to bite me. Every time I'm on a walk, the dogs that bark the most and try to get at you are chihuahuas, little terriers, little freaking cocker spaniels. Like those are the little ones, the schnauzers, Those little guys are the feisty ones, but you don't see anybody requiring you not to have those at properties. They don't want you having the big dogs because people think that big dogs are are dangerous. And I don't get it. Like, I do understand people's views on pit bulls. I don't share those views, to be honest. Um, For me, it's a little personal. Kind of. Ian's mom was attacked by their pit bull. 
um, that they had for a very long time. It just snapped one day and attacked her. Could have killed her, to be honest. So it's a little touchy for Ian. So I don't think we'd ever have a pit bull, but I don't know because his mom's dog right now is a pit bull mix. She just showed up and she's very sweet and she's had her for like two years and Ian loves her. So, you know, we're not really very picky when it comes to dogs. I just hate little dogs. And I'm so sorry if you have a little dog. My mom, my sister has a little dog that is now my mom's, I'm sure. And I don't hate her, but like she's annoying to me and I just don't like her. If I'm going to have a little dog, I'm going to have a cat. So I just, I'm not a fan of little dogs. I don't know how to say this nicely because it's not nice. I literally hate little dogs. Now, if one showed up on my property, would I just throw it away? No, I'm going to take it in, feed it, get it good and probably take it to the vet and then take it to the pound. I'm not going to keep it because it's not for me. And I know that might sound crazy to people, but I'm not going to make a 15, 20 year commitment to an animal that is not my jam. I'm just not doing it. So I'm not a little dog person. And while I'm at it, I might as well tell you, I hate corgis. I think corgis are the ugliest dogs on the planet. They're very cute as babies, but then they grow and they have abnormally long bodies. They're very short, very fat. And then they have these big ass ears. Like, I just, I'm not a fan. And everybody seems to have one everywhere. And they're just so freaking ugly to me. Like, I just do not like corgis. So, I also don't like pugs or Frenchies. I don't like any little dog, really, at all. The only little dog I think is tolerable to me are, like, a beagle. And they're cute to me. Beagles are cute. And they're not tiny, tiny, but they're pretty small. So, I don't know. I would never really have one. But beagles are cute. I also think, like, little toy poodles are kind of cute. Um, would I ever have one? No, cause I'm a big girl and I would smush that thing. So no, I like big dogs with some substance and you know, that's just my preference, but I think it bothers me so much because every time I read breed restrictions, it is always big dogs. And you know, what's even more annoying is that doggy daycares have breed restrictions. Like, I'm so sorry. You're a doggy daycare. Why are you discriminating against certain dogs? And it is discrimination. It may not be that serious to some of you, but to me, it's very serious because it's stupid to me. I have met so many big dogs. I have had big dogs. And all of my problems that I've ever had in my life have been with little dogs. There has been one dog, but there was something wrong with her. She was a pit bull. Her name's Kira. She was just a She was a little crazy. Something was wrong with her. So we didn't keep her very long because she was my stepsister's dog. And my stepsister asked my dad if she could if she could stay with us. And then she stayed with us. And then she tore a fence, a hole in the fence and almost killed the neighbor's dog. So she had to go back. Um, You know, there's just no way around that. She had to go back. Now, I definitely don't believe in getting a dog you're not prepared for, which is why I'm irritated with my sister sometimes, because she brought a pair of shepherd's home my mom was able to place one and then they ended up keeping one and her name's kaiju which i love kaiju to death but like i don't think my sister realizes that dogs are like 10 15 year commitments and so with her new dog covid um okay wait i'm so sorry her dog's name is not covid (laughs) her dog's name is Gigi. (laughs) but when i met the dog i just started calling it covid and it's stuck. So in my brain, her name is COVID. Um, she's a little COVID looking dog. She just looks like a little sickly thing. So I don't, I don't know. I don't like her. She's cute. She's sweet, but mm, I'm not a fan. And I don't think my sister realizes that she has now given my mom a 15 year commitment. And for me, that's, that's just annoying to me. And it's, I see that in my life all the time. Like Ian's mom, her dog, Mabel is a 15 year commitment and it hurts me and it hurts my soul because I feel like at the end of the day, Mabel deserves a better owner. Now I know that sounds so horrible, but she's a very high energy dog. She needs long walks every day. She needs a lot of attention or she's going to misbehave and she's going to be skittish and her misbehaving isn't like terrorizing or destructing anything. It's she's skittish. So if you walk down the busy street, she's very scared by cars. She's very scared by people, bikes, skateboards, and she'll run. She'll like run from you. She doesn't do that with me and Ian because we have walked her a lot. We spent a lot of time with her. We really kind of desensitized her to a lot of these issues. And so it's not a problem for us, but we have the time. Now, if she's not walked on a regular basis and this isn't continuing, she will just revert back to her skittish ways. And that makes her look like a bad dog. But really, she's just not getting a lot of the time and attention she needs. So... If this were me, right, and I found a dog, if not if I went and got a dog, but if I found a dog 
and the dog necessarily didn't click with me, my lifestyle, or after all of the things I tried, I couldn't really make it work, I would take the dog to the pound. Now, this is not me saying I go get a dog and return it, but if I found a dog on the street and I tried my best to home it and give it a good life and it just wasn't working, I would take the dog to the pound. And the reason I would do that is because at the end of the day, I don't want to resent my animal. And if I can't provide them with what they need or if they can't provide me with what I need, it's not going to work. And it's not worth 10 years of my life to try and make something work because I might feel guilty about taking it to the pound. Um, Now, I do understand that you may adopt a dog and not be able to handle some of the needs they may have, and then you return it. I feel like returning the dog is much better than letting it out and letting it, just dropping it off in the middle of nowhere. But again, I kind of judge you because I feel like if you're going to adopt a dog, you should do adequate research on the breed, ask plenty of questions to the vets and a lot of the um, kennel keepers before you adopt that dog. If you are worried about any of their health issues, you take them to a vet or you see the in-house vet, ask plenty of questions and really get your research done before you decide to sign the papers. So, you know, is returning a dog better than letting it out in the middle of nowhere? Yes. But do I think it's irresponsible? Yes. Because if you are taking the time to go look at dogs and then adopt one, You better well be prepared to take care of that dog. I don't see any excuse for it. For me personally, I think that people should be required to pass a test to have an animal. I think that there should be different curriculum for cats, dogs, horses, chickens, whatever. And you take a little written test and get a little certificate and it says that you are allowed to adopt a dog. I mean, what's crazy to me is you have to do similar things when adopting a child. You have to do background checks, home checks, a bunch of different courses just to make sure you're understanding what it's like to adopt a child or foster a child, but you don't have to do those same things to have a baby, which that to me is crazy. Like you don't have to have a certain amount of money. You don't have to have a job or nothing to have a baby. You can just make one, pop it out and live your life. Right. And I think it's the same parallel to animals. People for some reason don't see them as the same things because humans are above animals. But for me, animals Animals are important, okay? Animals, their lives are of value to me. And I feel like people are so quick to go out and get animals just to fill this little need or this little quota or to make their child happy. And they don't really consider all of the factors that go into having an animal for 10 to 15, even 20 years for some breeds of cats and dogs. And it really pisses me off that people just go out here willy-nilly adopting animals like it's fun. And... And then don't even get me started on backyard breeders and people who breed animals for fun. It's like, don't even get me started on that because just don't, just don't. Let me calm down real quick because I'm getting a little worked up. I'm getting a little irritated. I'm just getting a little pissed. Okay. I can do that to myself. Sometimes I just start talking about something and I'm irritated and like livid. Like if I got out of the car right now and someone looked at me sideways, they might get cussed out because I'm so irritated. But let me just, you know what? Let me just calm down. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay, I just had to pause for a second because here's the thing. At the end of the day, I know people love animals, but I feel like people treat animals like they're second class citizens and they're not. Okay, animals are domesticated because of us. A lot of the animals we have depend on us for their survival. And I feel like too many people rub that off. Too many people look at that as just not a big deal and they don't even consider their animals when making life decisions. So if you're going to travel with your dog or cat, if you're going to buy an apartment or rent an apartment, buy a house, rent a house, whatever, if you're going to be somewhere with your animal, I implore you to take the time to do some additional research. It doesn't take but a few more minutes. Do some additional research. Find out if there's amenities close by for your animal, if there's parks nearby, or if there's where's the nearest pet store, where's the nearest um, grooming salon. All those things you really need to Take the time to find all of the amenities for your animal that you would find for yourself. Now, I have a lot of little tips and tricks for traveling, traveling, but I feel like I covered the bases here. It's really about being organized and having all of your normal everyday supplies. Because here's the thing, for my dog especially, she has anxiety and separation anxiety severely. So 
we have to make the travel part of her little journey fun. And we also have to make her comfortable in her new environment. And we have been in three different hotels in the last two weeks. So she has to be very comfortable, which is why we have a lot of treats, a lot of toys. We keep everything the same. We don't change her food. We make sure to give her extra treats and extra love just so she's comfortable. Because when they're not comfortable or when they're stressed, it affects their body. It affects their mental health. It affects their poops. It affects their everything. They're just on edge. So you want to make sure that you're making the transition for your animal as comfortable as possible. And so if you're going to travel with them, make sure that they're comfortable in the car. Oh, I also have a travel water bottle. I just thought about that. Um, I keep the travel water bottle in one of the cup holders in my car. So that way when I'm driving, I can just give her some water really quickly if she needs some. Um, and that's just something too, making sure your animal stays hydrated. I know so many people who travel with their animals and don't give them any food or water before during or after the drive like they'll wait until they're situated situated um to give them some water and food and to me that's very selfish because think about it if you're going to go on a five-hour road trip you're going to stop at mcdonald's or starbucks or something to get yourself something to drink and some food why would you not think that your animal needs the same so sometimes i will give her treats um i typically don't feed dakota just because she really does not eat during the day she kind of grazes and then has a big meal at night so I give her like some french fries if I have them or I give her treats, but I really give her water and I let her drink as much water as she can drink because they need to stay hydrated just like we need to stay hydrated. They get sick. They can get very fatigued. Their muscles can be weak. Jumping in and out of the truck is not okay if she's weak. So I make sure she stays hydrated. Yes, she might have to go to the bathroom a few extra times, but that's fine because whenever she pees, I pee. So it just, it's to me, it's not a big deal. I think it's very irresponsible to not give your animals any sort of food or water before your travels and during your travels because they're like you. They need to be fueled and ready to go. So I would definitely recommend a travel water bottle. It's very easy, convenient, easy, easy to clean. I'll link the one that I have in the show notes as well as some of the other things that I've mentioned. Not everything, but just some of the key items that I think people will really enjoy. I will link in the show notes. Now, I know that this seems like a crazy little episode, but this is what I think about today. And I've been really thinking about it because with the combination of like this stupid little hotel and this really nice restaurant, I'm just like how different like people's idea of pet friendly are really different. Like that restaurant is pet friendly to the max. And this hotel is like mm, semi pet friendly. Like it's like, where are you pet friendly? You know what I mean? They don't even have treats for the damn dog. It's like, come on now. Do a little something extra. You know what I mean? Anyway. And long story short, when you're traveling with your animals, make them comfortable. You do everything you can to make sure you're comfortable. At least for me, I have my water on deck. I have my lip gloss in the center console. I have hand sanitizer. I have napkins. I'm ready. Okay, I've got little snacks. I'm ready to go. My Starbucks card is loaded and prepared. So why wouldn't I have stuff for my dog? She's got treats and water and she's good to go. She's got her bed. She's got a blanket in here if she needs it. She's got a toy and a tennis ball if she gets bored. Like, you know, you got to make your pets comfortable too. And that, if you just think about that, how can I make my animal comfortable? When you're doing any sort of travel or trying to find new lodgings, that will help you. If you can figure out how to make them comfortable and what they need, you'll remember to do that every time. So, you know, I don't know. Traveling for me, I'm just so used to it now. And, you know, I am nervous about the first time I have to get on a plane with Dakota because she is so big. She would have to go in the cargo hold. And I just don't know that I'm comfortable with that. So realistically, she probably will never get on a plane in her life because I'm just not comfortable with her going below the cabin. So, you know, if you're going to travel by air with an animal and they're bigger than 40 pounds, I don't really have any good tips for you because I haven't done it and I probably wouldn't do it. Um, but again, there are plenty of resources for those types of things. If that is something you're looking to do soon, um, I think it's just a lot simpler to drive with big dogs um, or buy them a seat. <laughs> it depends. Like depending on the airline you're flying with and where you're going, some airlines will let you buy a seat for your dog. So if it's really important to you, buy them a seat. Um, but if not, find a different mode of transportation or, you know, some people, there are companies that transport your animals. They have really nice sort of like kennel type things on these trucks that are air conditioned and heated and you can like pay a service to bring your animal out to you. Or you can even have one of your family members drive him out to 
drive them out or something like that. Like you can coordinate stuff like that. But I don't really have any tips for someone flying with an animal over 40 pounds. But flying with them is easy too. You just have to make sure, again, ask questions, do your research, and that will save you a lot of headaches. So, you know, I, you know, I really enjoy animals in any business I look to start in my future is definitely going to be pet friendly, but that's just me. I'm all about my animals and, you know, you got to find people and companies and businesses that are all about your animals too, because at the end of the day, if your pup's not happy, you're not happy. So be somewhere that makes them happy. Okay. And I just really encourage you guys to not be like, not be scared to travel with your animals. I feel like so many people think of road trips and fun vacations and literally don't even think about the animal. They're like, oh, well, where can we leave him or where can we put her? I'm like, um, why don't you just take her? And they're like, no, it's such a hassle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you should not have an animal because that is just fucking rude. Like, it's just like, that is so rude. You're going to go have this great time and leave your dog. Like today we called around some kayak places. Two places were available and one place was right off the water and they allowed dogs. And I was like, okay, cool. So if I got a double kayak, could I just put my dog in it with me? And they were like, yeah. And one of the ladies even suggested that I could just get a single. And I was like, well, she's kind of big and I don't want her to be like right up on me. So I got a double kayak and she sat in the front. Most people might think that's so cool and so weird, but to me, that's normal. Like if I'm going to go do something, my dog is coming with me. And if a business has a problem with that, I don't support that business. It's just that simple. If the kayak company said no dogs, we wouldn't have kayaked today. We would have gone and done something else and gone into a different lake and did something other than kayak with that company. So you have to prioritize. And for me, the priority is my animals. And I want to have fun with them. I want to make sure that they're having fun and they're welcomed because, That's just where it's at for me. So if you guys have any questions or needing specific recommendations or anything like that, definitely let me know on Instagram. It's everything Carter. I would also appreciate if you guys just follow me over there. I do a lot of updates about my life and just kind of what's going on and day-to-day things. So if you like my podcast, you'll definitely like my Instagram stories because it's a wild time over there, okay? Now, Again, my Instagram is everything Carter. You can follow me over there. Ask me questions. I would be happy to help you, especially with your animal needs. Um, I also have some tips and tricks for horses and stuff, too, if you have any horses. But with that being said, I would really appreciate it if you guys took the time today to rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. If you have, thank you. If you haven't, it doesn't take you any time, okay? Like, you could really do that. I'm literally sitting in my car sweating bullets to provide this content for you the least you can do is leave a little five-star review you know what I mean it's just sweet it's nice it's kind it's good karma if you're thinking about it that way it's good karma for you so with that thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you think a little bit more about traveling with your pets because it's a fun time okay it's not even a big deal it's really not a hassle at all if you're prepared so I will talk to you guys next Thursday and thanks again Bye.